0: to everybody and it's good to be back here after a little bit of hiatus Um, as the world turns and uh, we've had a a respite because of so many other factors I flew to the states and then uh, all Yudkowsky, who should get better we've had a very severe case of corona and flu and everything else and we ourselves the representative and myself, have been very fortunate but the representative came down with a, definitely with a some sort of flu I might have caught a little bit of it she seems to be getting over it not completely I've gotten over it we've been we've been tested we've been we've been negative we've been we've been vaxed <laughs> we've been masked, everything, you know, but the latest is, is that, let's, let's face it, guys, the Omicron is, it's, it's blazing its way across the world here in Israel. I I think I saw something like, you know, over 40,000 people that they recorded. They don't even know, they might be up to over 100,000 a day, which is like beyond description, you know, this, and the, the way the world is going, you know, I mean, just, it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing to see that, you know, we, we'd love to believe that everything is, you know, the way we'd love it to be in our hands. But we see it's not in our hands. It's in the hands of Coach Boreful. And um, I... Um, so the, the topics I thought about t- talking about, topics that are on all of our minds, um, you know, the Omicron, the scandals that unfortunately have uh, again popped up and are, you know, some of them are really beyond the regular. When I say regular, it's not something we should stand for, but it's, you know, it's something which has been uh, very, how um, would I say, projected in the world. And uh, we can't deny it. We have to deal with it, we have to fill the face on. And, um, and the other thing that's going on in Israel, you know, the situation in Israel, the uh, government, the, the rules and the, the rules that they're trying to create about um, the Kotel, rules that they're trying to create about Kashrus, the rules they're trying to create about gayrus. <clears throat> um, you know, it's like an interesting note. I don't know if you guys have been following, but you know, there's been. You know, last night I went to Moishe and made a, a bar mitzvah. So the bar mitzvah was in uh, a hall in Gula, and there were a lot of Ner of you know there was very, very special. And the the bar mitzvah made a simashas mishnayis. Yehuda he came to, a couple days before to to see me, and 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 I was so taken by him that you know such an accomplishment that both his father and him made to finish shas mishnayis, and I'm very, very proud of. Every Talmud, and I said over the story that that I I said over not so long ago from Steinemann that uh, there was a, a younger man in Bnei Brak that his son made a uh, see him on a, on a big mesachta, like which he, he learned Bein Hasdarm, and this the um, you know I think you might have seen the little the little video that we put out just about the story, but I just repeat it again because I think it's worthwhile, and. Um, and the father decided that he wanted to make a big CM for him and he decided to take him for a bracha to Rufsteineman. So when he got to Rufsteineman, so Rufsteineman said, Which masakta did you learn? I think he told him, it was like, Maybe it was Kedushin or it was a, a fairly large masakta. He said, When did you learn it? He said, He learned it in Beinazdorim, not during a regular sacred. Well, it's a big accomplishment. And he said, Can I ask you some questions? And the bracha said, Yes. Yeah, and it's a good Israeli boy. And Rufsteineman started giving a Bechina on the masakta. And the boy answered all the questions. And Ashton was so happy. Had a big smile. He said, not only did you accomplish one of the that but you really understood it. And you able to answer all the questions. I said, over the story, I said, I'm sure happy I, that he didn't get me to bechina on the book, you know, and the steps, you know what I mean, like, who knows how I would have done. This Ashton was able to answer all the questions. And Ashton said to him, no, this is a great accomplishment. Did you tell your grandfather? Ashton must have had a connection with his grandfather. He said, "says yeah, I told my grandfather. What did your grandfather give you? He said, he gave me two chocolate bars. He gave me two chocolate bars. So Steinemann laughed, and he said, two, two chocolate bars? He said, ah, your grandfather's from the old generation. <laughs> the old generation, they used to give, you know, the guy finished him masech, he gave him a chocolate bar. He says, that's not for the new generation. And he went to his desk, and he opened it up, and he pulled out $100, and Steinemann gave him a $100 bill, and he said, I want you to have this. I want you to recognize how al Khoshiv. How him is. And um, it reminded me of um, about a nice thing happened with me when I was bar mitzvah that Ravudaman, Ravudiman when I came to him to his house, he also he wrote out a check for a hundred dollars and he gave me a hundred dollars. And Re- the Rebens Rudaman had told the Hashiva, he should tell me a little bit about my father as being a Talmud and the accomplishments that my father made, and Rav Ruderman told me the famous Mitzvah. My father, he was 15 years old, and he sat the whole Shabbos, and he learned Mesech the Beitzah from cover to cover. And and, and Rav Ruderman thought, in one Shabbos, he learned the whole Mesech de Beitze from cover to cover, you know pretty, pretty difficult tasks. But after Shabbos, he gave him a Bechina, and every single question on the Torah that he asked, my father was able to to tell the terrorists, my father really learned it through the fullest. They made a big impression upon me. But Reverend gave me a hundred, those days, a hundred dollars was a lot of money. So I have to tell you that last night, again, I'm not, it's not for bragging rights, but I, told, I met Rydnissim Kaplan at the, at the Bar Mitzvah. I said, Rydnissim, I said, the Bochram Amish finished, Ganshas Mishnais. For that reason, I was a little bit nervous. I came with a mask, I danced with him, I was there for to see him, then I went outside, I didn't say that long. But I gave him an envelope, and in the envelope, I put a hundred dollar bill. I said, "If Steinman can give a hundred dollar bill, I can also give a hundred dollars for a boy. boy learned, Shas Mishnayis, he deserves to get it." So, you know, I want to mention that story not because I want to, you know, brag about anything. It's what it says that in the midst of everything, there's so many things that are happening, and we have to keep our eye on the ball. We got to keep our eye on the ball. So. You know we have the of in Israel anti-religious legisla- legislation, and it's really like you know beyond understanding about you know what kind of rules and regulations they want to try to set up, and they've already implemented some of them. What will be Lamaisa is really beyond their understanding, but um, there were there were, ah so last night I was saying list right <laughs> midst of everything, so the the the, the um. There's a lot of construction going on throughout the whole city construction nighttime especially like the streets are closed and everything so i was in gula and i went to go a certain way i couldn't go because the th- cops were stopping the traffic they sent me another way and i ended up getting close to the latest demonstrations in Gula and bnei Brak. i don't know if you're familiar with going on but the latest thing is that the Haredim are up in arms about cell phone stores in the midst of the from communities where they're selling um where they're selling non-kosher cell phones and wow. uh, they're like major demonstrations anyway i told the reference i said you know what? i think we're going to get caught and that's exactly how we got caught literally at the corner and we the reference looked around and said there were thousands and thousands and the police were there and everything else so you have and I'm not here to discuss the pros and cons of making a demonstration about, you know, cell phones which aren't kosher. The main thing is that we have, on one hand, we have the frummer making demonstrations about uh, about the non kosher cell phones. In the south, the Bedouins are rioting because this week, cacao. What's cacao? That's um, the uh, not JNF. government, but it's, what was that? The JNF, Karen Kayamet. The Jewish National, National Fund, the Jewish National Forest. They've been planting trees. Everyone knows, and now B'Shvat comes. Everyone knows Tubishvat. So they decided, and I guess they must have permission from the government to plant trees in the Negev near Bedouin, uh, where Bedouins live. And the Bedouins, even though legally they don't own a lot of the land, but they've been planting over there. Now all of a sudden, the government's planting these trees. It's taking away from their rights. Anyway, there's massive riots, massive riots, and um, the Arab parties that are partners in this government—they're backing the Bedouins and they're making saying, "If you're not going to remove these trees, uh, we're going to shut down the government. We're not going to vote with the government." So they have them, like, you know, by the gargle, as they say. Now, what's amazing is, is that who's uprooting the trees? The Arabs are uprooting the trees. Rabbi said, it's a Shemitah year. It's a Shemitah year. You're not allowed to plant. There's an Isseria. And you know, you know, the, <laughs> it's Is-a-Zaria. In fact, if you learn the first daf in the, in, in the, in the, in the Numus sect, we learning the daf you in cotton on base and the base. The Gemara is discussing about what's the Isra of the whole issue of on Shavis and on Shabbos on Yom, yom tif, Is it Zaria or Harisha? Rabbi it's such an amazing thing. Like, like, you know, the government is planting trees, which on the hand, one hand, you know, for years and years, everyone knows JNF, everyone plants trees, but it's Shemitah Shmita, you don't plant trees, and the Arabs are uprooting the trees. Rabbi said the world is going crazy. Topsy-turvy, the Omicron, you know, we thought we had a, 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 a handle on, on, on life, so to speak. Now, Josh can't fly to Israel. Uh, it's rampant, it's rampant here, it's rampant in the United States. And, and as I said before, what's really, what, 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 what can we take from all these lessons? What can we take from these lessons from really what's happening? Um, Rosh Shivas are falling sick. We have big Rosh Hashivos that all gotten all contracted the, the 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 Corona. We hope and we pray that everyone should be safe. And and I I, my, I have a brother-in-law in Baltimore. has kidney transplant, Yosef Alazar never Rachel Leah. He contracted after so you know two and a half years. And my sister got it and he got it. And we hope everyone should be well. Um, there's like no defense, and 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 there's there's another aspect we want to speak about. We have to speak about the scandal in the in in the frum world, the Chaim Wilder story, the um, the uh, the fact that there was a, a a so-called you know significant mechanic writer um, really something beyond who was a, um, was a person that was really a, a horrible, horrible Russia, no way, other way to describe it. And uh, he committed acts of, of, um, of uh, the worst order, and, uh, and then he committed suicide, you know, before anything could happen to him. The suicide itself is something which is beyond beyond understanding like in the lexicon of, of our world. Like we never thought we would get to this point. And um, today I walked into the yeshiva. We have a shear in the yeshiva by someone, a wonderful, wonderful Rebbe. I call him the, the Rabbi Ackerman shear of Ateras Yaakov. He's not Rabbi Ackerman. A little bit different than Rabbi Ackerman's, you know, way of dealing with things. But he deals with the guys who are dealing with, you know, the guys who need a little bit more outside of the base measures kind of, even though it's in the base measures, but he really does a lot of discussions and a lot of great stuff with them. So when I came in today, you know, I always say hello to him, I always say hello to the boys there, sitting there. They're really the ghost the guys of the yeshiva, you know? they're really cool guys and we really have a good time. I said, you no, what's the discussion? So I see on the table, he's got one of the Wilder books. You know, one of the Wilder books that either someone brought in that's still left around. I said, oh, I see you have the book on the table. He quickly tries to hide it. He (laughs) says, one of the boys brought it. But we were discussing about the issue about how we're supposed to, how we we have a problem with teaching our children about the concept of a predator. And, you know, like, where does it come from? So I said, what are the boys saying? So one of the boys was saying that, um, you know, we come from a society that we're, we're trained that there's a concept of tzinius, you know what I mean? That we don't speak about the things the way the, the so-called wide world speaks about it. And I told him something. I said, well, you know, the experts now, especially in the States and, and even Eretz Israel, that is someone, Yankee Horowitz has been involved in this for many, many years, and he's written books and they've been very, very much accepted by all the great rabbis, both in America and Eretz Yisrael. And that teaching about predatory um, people is something that has to be taught. As they were still going, so when do you teach it? I said, the way I understand it from the experts, you have to teach it sensitively uh, from a very young age. Yankee Harwood says you have to teach it from the time a person, a, bo- a boy or a girl is three years old. You really have to already bring it up in a, in a sensitive way. You know, your body is your body. No one's allowed to touch it. There has to be an open relationship between the parents and the child. The child has to know that the safest place is to tell his parents of anyone that, that disobeys this. And then as a child goes older, you have, to, you have to teach children. That's really what it is. Now, so they were asking me, Rebbe, is this the way the world always was? And I told them, I said, I want to be honest with you. First of all, unfortunately, that there are bad people in the world. It's been around from time memorial, so to speak. There are people. And uh, my own late father, all of us all, t- t- taught, told me <clears throat> before I went away to yeshiva as a 13-year-old boy, said, you have to know that there are people that are predators. And he told me that, and he gave me a warning, and it was a it was a it was a a lesson to have. My father was a rebbe in yeshiva. He was aware of what goes on in the world, and it's not something that we should deny. It's something that we don't want to accept, and it's not something that we'd like to air out publicly all the time. But we have to know it's a reality and something that we um, we have to be aware of, and. Um, and I'm not getting into the whole issue of, you know, there's so many Rabbonim and great other people that have spoken about the the different points of view about, you know, the Walder story and and, and how, to, how to deal with it. We can have a separate discussion about it. I always want to bring out that now what's happening is there's such a backlash that there's you know, new stories that are coming out. And, and again, you know, when, when the mob begins to take over then you never know where it's going to lead to. So for sure, we have to worry about victims, and we have to care about victims, and we have to get them help. And at the same time, we have to know that there's a thorough way of of how we deal with things, and how we discuss things, and sensitivity. So, you know, from kids living in in a world today is not any different than other kids living in the world today. And uh, there has to be accountability. There has to be an issue of <coughs> parental involvement. And, um, and we have to recognize that the media today really exposes everything. And there's no such thing as a, you know, it's really a mission of us. The mission of us says that uh, a person that doesn't have the Yechidus, it's us, it is that it's going to be Meskala. That it's going to be revealed and it's really a lesson that there's no such thing that 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 is kept as a secret um, but what do we see from everything that's going on what's the common common denominator you know and again we don't like to speak about it, you know anti-israel things oh, the government government's Israel Israel's our country no but we also have to know when, the, when there's something which is wrong we have to stand up and we have to fight for it we have to say this thing is wrong you know if the chief rabbi of israel Rabbi David Lal has to get up and he has to say that he's going to go against the you know the, the, the he's going to take over because he has the rights to take over the league the right to take over the rules of of Gairus, and he's not going to be giving it over to someone who's not considered in the eyes of the major Rabbanim, someone who's Properly going to deal with the laws of Gairus. if he's going to run it up. It's just like we're just dealing with a, with a mob rule. And the the Gemara says that one of the simanim of the of the Galus and the Yemaisa Mashiach is the is haemes The truth is kind of like lost. And that's really, the, we had that feeling, like there's no truths anymore. You know, what? what's true? Provax, not pro-vax. Okay, Omicron, can't do anything about it. Okay, what do I do? Wear a mask, not wear a mask. Um, can I go to Israel? Can I go to Florida? Oh, you know, what, <laughs> where am I supposed to be now? My children, eh, there's so many factors that are going on. So what happens when we get to a of like, uh, M.S. Nederis. M.S. is Nederis. So, you know, I
1: I, I heard this, mice,
0: everyone knows, I heard this, mice, I, I was Menachem Uphel today. David right. Kamenetsky is uh, Shmuel Kamenetsky's son. And he lives here, you know, a very close friend of mine. And his mother was just Nifta, Rebdavit Kamenetsky, Rep. Right. Shmuel's wife, Rebdavit Kamenetsky, she was a great, great lady. And um, I was Menachem Ophel today on the phone. And um, year, I don't know if you heard the story that's going around now, but you know, everyone, the tenei, it become very, very popular, but Rup R- Shmuel was really such a special, he was my father's chavrusa in yeshiva in Baltimore before he went to Lakewood. And when my father passed away, he was masked with him. And we know each other for a long time. So the mindset that's going on is that last Sunday, there was a person that had a by issue and had made up to meet with Rup in Philadelphia, and came for a five o'clock meeting, and um, he came to R. Shmuel's house. And when he came, R. Shmuel said, "Would you mind if um, we drive the car? I have to go be mavakechol somebody in the hospital, and we can talk in the car." The so president, for sure, Shmuel, I'll take Rashi in the car. So he took R. Shmuel in the car, and uh, discussed with him his bias issue, and then they got to the hospital. R. Shmuel said to him, "Listen." I'm going to go upstairs, I'll come back, and we'll continue to discuss the issue. Anyway, it seems Rav Shmuel went up, and he ended up being there for an hour. The person was waiting for an hour for Rav Shmuel to come, back, come out. A little strange for, in his mind, but I guess Rav Shmuel must have had a reason. And Rav Shmuel came down, Rav Shmuel in a very, very calm, calm, collective thought process. And he says, I have to tell you that the reason, I apologize for coming so late, took me an hour, but I was saying my last goodbyes to my wife, and um, I guess she was nifter right then, and he said, now, my chi of, of shalom bias has now ended. I don't have that issue of shalom bias. Now I can tend completely to your shalom bias issues, and he became completely, completely focused on this person's shalom bias issues. This mice is such a miser, rav, which is like, it's almost as if, like, your shmuel is beyond understanding. And the person, I saw someone connect, happened, I just learned today with my chavrusah, the Archaim, Al-Qadr says in this week's Parsha, that, uh, that Kriyas Yam, if you know, the Yam said to Maizah Rabbeinu, you can't split the sea. I'm better than you. Why am I better than you? Because you were created on the sixth day and I was created on the third day, therefore I have to it to you. And Maish Rabbeinu had to, give a, had to give a tshuva. So what was going on over here? So the Archaim says that really, that we know there was a condition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made with the Amsuf. He said that when Klai Yisrael is going to, uh, the sea has to be split because there was a Tanai Hisnah HaKadosh Baruch and Maish that when Klai Yisrael will accept the Torah, then they have rights over the world. So the, t- the, 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 the conflict was, is that the yam said like this, that's only after Matan After Matan then the language of the Torah is, the Ben Torah has full power over the physical proprieties of the world. But before Matan Torah, it doesn't have it. So there, he was saying, before Matan Torah, I come before you. And Matan Torah didn't take place. didn't take place yet. So the Archaim says, no, that the Moshe Rabbeinu had a time that. No, the Rabbanu gave over to Moshe Rabbeinu. He's the Amin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By the way, some say, he's, So Moshe Rabbeinu had the rights even before him. But what do we see? We see that the Archaim says that a person that's truly connected to the Torah, he has the ability to create the dynamics of how the world should, should be. When you see a person like Rab Shmuel, Shabik Stark, when I spoke to Rabbat today, I said, Listen, I'm sure your father's busy. Please give over my name, and he said he's going to. Rabb Shmuel is steeped in the territory. This doesn't come easy that a person should be able to have the control that after his wife was Nifter. His last goodbyes that he's saying to a person, I want to take care of your problems. And it reminds me of the Maisha with the Shalom Arbach, which I said over, I think, last Arab Shabbos in the, in the podcast, that Shalom also symbolizes his wife was Nifter. He was in Sharetzedek Hospital. A younger man who was a Talmud saw him in the lobby, not realizing that his wife was Nifter and said, my wife just had a baby boy. And Shalom gave him this beatific smile and gave him a big bracha. And the children asked him, where did you, how can you do that? Why didn't you tell him my wife was just nifting? He says, Why does he have to hear my tsuras? Right now he's having a simcha. I have to be misameach with him. My tzaris are my tzars. So these are people that are steeped in the Torah. And I think I want to give this, you know, this message to a certain extent. You know, we, we're living in a world where there's uh, MS Naderes. Israel government against every single aspect of what we believe is really the Jewish way of how we should how we should at least to a certain extent live in a country which which keeps and allows the Yiddin to be able to keep the laws of Torah. And then we have all the other things we said before. You know, we, we have scandals. We we we're, we're living in a time where it seems the is Nadaris and at the same time it's v'ashem We have to recognize, no, that there are a lot of very good people. There are a lot of great tamvi chachamim. There are a lot of great mechanchim. There, there are a lot of great parents. And we can't shy away from the issues that there are in the world. We have to be honest and we have to be open about it. And at the same time, we have to recognize that uh, the light of the Torah Will light up and will stop the Sheker, which is in the world. And as we say, and mm-hmm. heard the Gavaldi Gavart at the end of the Mesechta of the uh, Megillah. So the Gemara says over there, uh, and I think that's really what the, one of the best I want to say. In the midst of everything, we're still continuing the Daft. We're still continuing the learning. We're still continuing our Lima ha Torah and our connection to the Torah, and our siyumim. Today, one of the boys in Yeshua made a siyum, and we all dance with him. So there's a gemara. The gemara says, Reb says, How do we know that you're allowed to use a baskel? Rashi says an interesting thing. If a person has a question, he's not sure what he should do. He's not sure, should he go this way, should he go that way? You know, maybe it's a business deal, maybe it's not a business deal. And he hears a call, he hears a voice, and the voice says to him, I hin, I love. says either yes or no. So you're allowed to follow that basco. And Rashi says, We're not question for nichush. to question you concept of Nichols. And the Gemara brings a Pusik. And uh, the Gemara says only in certain circumstances uh, where you're listening, you hear it, you hear the voice of a, of a gavra, the masa called itz of the dabra. but the main thing is, Rabbi Yochanan said over this maizu, so I heard from the uh, Suli Bronstein, he said over, the he said over that this really goes with the Gemara and The Gemara and says, similar Gemara, that there was ilfa, and Rav they both were two talmid They were sitting in the base medrash, and they had a they had a problem with parnaso. Uh, you know, it, they were learning in kaiwo, and then the kaiwo checks ran out. They have large families. They decided to go out and go into real estate. It doesn't say real estate, but we'll just paraphrase it. Yeah, and it said they both went out, and then when they were going into business, uh, they were walking, and Reb Yochanan heard. It says that a basco, a, a basco. They heard the Malachim talking. The Malachim said, These two guys, they're leaving Taira, which is Chaya Oilam, and they're going to get the Isha. They deserve death. So one mom said over back to the other mom, says, No, one of them is going to become a big Rosh Shiva, and therefore we should keep them both alive. So the Torah says, Rabbi said to Ilfa, Did you hear the Baskel? Did you hear the Baskel? So he said, uh, um, no, I didn't hear the Vasco. So Reb Yochanan understood that really it's, the, he was the one that was able okay to hear the Vasco and therefore he decided to go back to the base Medrash and eventually Reb Yochanan became, the famous Reb Yochanan became the, the big Rosh Hashiva. So Reb Bronson said over, I didn't know really he said it over from, but he says, that's the Pshat, Reb Yochanan's Lashit Yochanan, like the Gemara Tanis, he heard the basko. And he used that in order to, ch- to, to follow his direction of life. So he's the one that says, in the How do we know that we're mishtamish in a basko? So I think that this is, you know, this is a, a, a ben a person that follows the precepts of the Torah. Again, there's the, the, so much that's going on, the, 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 the new generation. And when we see these different, um, how would I say it? We see the world in turmoil. We see our own world in turmoil. We can't lose sight of the fact that we are the people of the book. We're the people that we we follow the precepts of the Torah, and the Rebbeinu watches over us. The Rebbeinu takes care of us, and uh, and we're going to see we're going to see light at the end of the darkness. Um, there's a Gavald of Gavard that I saw before. That um, I saw in the Sefer for Absolusim. There's really only one mitzvah. You hear this? There's only one mitzvah in this week's parasha. You know, you imagine a big parasha, parasha Bishan, but one mitzvah in the Torah. What's the mitzvah you find in this week's parasha? In the Sefer so the mitzvah, the Sefer brings down. Let me just mention what it says here. It's the mitzvah of Tchumen that you're not allowed to go out of your Yudchum. That's the one mitzvah that said in this parasha. So listen to the language of the chinuch. The chinuch says like this, uh, there's one losaseh that a person should be careful on Shabbos not to go out of the gavul. That's what the Pasik says, you shouldn't go out of your place on the seventh day. And, uh, and there's a certain measurement, however much it is, Al alpayim So the chinuch says, the shardish to the mitzvah is, that the main thing is to recognize that the, the world was created and it hasn't been here forever. There was a creator, like it says, created the heavens and the earth. That's what we say, and therefore, we should remember this and we shouldn't go far away we should be close to being in our homes in order we should be able to have the, 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 the presence of mind to be able to understand that the world is really created the entire Bria. And he brings down from a Levenstein, Pchatzko used to say that our problem is that when it comes to Shabbos, and I think it's the main message you want to bring out of you, is that the main message of Shabbos is that I'm leaving this mundane world and I'm going into a world of ruchnius, and for sure, all of us, you know, when we get to Shabbos, we have a sense of, you know the Shabbos table is set, and we make kiddush, and uh, from the time we're young until the time we're old, we're kind of like used to the, you know, to the to the, I would say the perfunctionary things that we do, and some people go to the mikvah on Erev Shabbos, the and and we try our utmost in Shabbos not to speak The table. all these things are gavaldic. but your said that a person has to know literally you're, you're bringing in Shabbos you're you're, you're you're walking in Malachim into your midst Malachim are coming into your midst when you're saying, when you're making the Kiddush, you're really connecting with the greatest level of Eidus, you're saying testimony that a Baruch Hu created the world. So he says, a person is invited to a chasna of a very chasna youth. Let's say you're invited to the chasna. Of, um, it's like some gedolim. And they decided to choose that you should be an aide at the chasna. <laughs> that's a very big, very big uh, covet. But it's not just a big covet, it's a big responsibility. I'm going to say, aid is that this is the conditions and the person that's thinking, you know, am I still a right to be an aide? And a true person should try to do tshuva in order that they should be fit to be an aide. So the emphasis that we really would take upon ourselves the responsibility what what the true essence of Shabbos. I'm saying eight is I am an eight, a year is an aid that a Kodesh who created the world on Shabbos uh, on the six days of creation and on Shabbos he rested. I'm an aid. So I'm an aid. I have, to, I have to feel that I'm an aid. And aid means I have to be fit for that. And this is really what we have to try to give over to our children. Uh, they, they say that there were people that went through the Holocaust and they what got them through the Holocaust? They remembered that the Kiddush that their fathers would make on Lail Shabbos and the Nagunam that they would sing. And said, This is what we have to try to give over to our generations. So, really, what I want to say is, is that in the midst of all the gloom <laughs> and all the Omicron, yeah, we have, to, we have to be very, very happy that we are from the Am Yisro and we can't get despondent, we can't get down. When we see that there's things that take place within our midst, we have to call them out. No question about it. We can't be silent about it. But we have to recognize that Baruch Hashem, the mice has said over, the, one person living in our generation, the Rav should be from the Ziknei Rosh Hashivas. And, and you see that he has such a, a, a way of living a life. And that's the type of life that we, that we want our children to be able to respond to. And 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 we have to recognize that even though the MS is neaderes, but ain't avinu we have the ability to be nishan, to literally to, re, to rely on the rebbei because we're the ones that say eidus. and when we go into a shabbos kodesh parshas b'shalach, e shabbos shira, we have to sing the shira, we have to be very very happy. So I really just wanted to share some of those thoughts. And with everybody, and to wish everybody a good Shabbos and Shabbat Shabbos Shira. And uh, we should be soon We're going to get through this. We're going to, have to see each other here in Yushalayim Ra-Kedish. We're going to dance at weddings together and simchas together and have nachas together. And we you know one day at a time. That's it. Pick up the masakta, go right there in the masakta, go right in the parsha. Go weiter in Mishnabura. Go weiter in our chesed that we do for for other Jews, we try to bring other Jews closer. Rebison was a little bit under the weather, she wasn't sure what's going to happen. Okay, two girls called, they want to come for lunch. Yeah, uh, two guys from Mechon Shlomo called, they want to come for supper. The Rebison says, no, another chicken to put into the meal, it's not going to be the end of the world. And, uh, I know there's a lot of chesed that's going on. We have to realize we are the chesed personified. And we have to be very, very uh, proud of everything that you can do throughout the world. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.